David charging down the ice. He's got a step. He's in. Backhand. One year, one and a half year here, uh, get me more confidence. For sure, I'm stronger and faster, and I feel like I'm growing up for person and player a lot. Feels like I'm like ready to get the new step for the NHL. Now they gave it across the drive saddle. Scores 100 points for Leon. Uh, we can learn from what we went through, and everyone's pissed off about it. I think that's the best way to describe it, but there's a taste in everyone's mouth that's very, um, you know, that no one likes. We need to find a way to, to not have that taste, and, and we've had it four out of five years here, so we know we need to be better. to the Friday edition of the Locked On Oilers podcast. I am your host, Hernan Salas from TSN 1260 and the Two Guys in a Goalie podcast. Connect with me on Twitter at Hernan the Man and at Locked On Oilers as we finally have a game coming up tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Holy smokes, this week off has been something else, let me tell you. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms locker room changing the way we talk sports like i said it is game day tomorrow as the edmonton orders get set to take on the leaves the orders sit third in the north division with a record of 21 13 42 points they've won three straight the leaves sit at 21 10 and two first in the division with 44 points they've won two straight leaves lead the season series uh they've won five of the seven games outscoring the orders 25 to 13 we all remember what happened in that uh, three game set here in edmonton so the orders will see some revenge. They are feeling fresh as uh, they've just been practicing this week of course with the COVID situation in Montreal. So uh, no excuses tomorrow. Both teams will be fresh. Toronto has only played one game this week so it uh, should be a fun one. Get right to it as today we will hear from uh, Leon Dreisaitl and head coach Dave Tippett in the third segment. We'll get to Hernan's hot tip and all that fun stuff. And in minutes from now we'll be joined by uh, Alex Thomas who's out of Boston uh, but he um, works for the Oilers rig there and uh, he'll join me to talk some Edmonton Oilers and maybe some Boston Bruins as well. But Jack Michaels did tweet out earlier today, rising ears from Toronto's practice. These are your forward lines. Dreisaitl with McDavid and Puliyarvi. Cahoon with RNH and Kyler Yamamoto. Archibald with Gaetan Haas and Zach Cassian. And your fourth line is Devin Shore, Jujar Kera, and Alex Chason. And your fifth line was Neil Turris and Ennis. I'm a little surprised Tyler Ennis is out, but it's good to see Yamamoto back. Um, I take Ennis over Cahoon right now, but it's, it's close. It's not like it's like, oh my God, I can't believe they're putting Kahuna in for Tyler Ennis. And the bottom six kind of remains the same from what we saw in the last couple of games. Uh, Devin Shore is playing good hockey. There's no need to take him out. And we'll see. Uh, I know Dave Tippett kind of didn't commit to uh, McDavid and Drysaddle playing together. But if these were the lines of practice, you got to think uh, it's uh, <laughs> there a go. And uh, we'll see if they can uh, pick up a win in Toronto. No defensive pairings or starting goaltenders either. So we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, it's probably going to be the same pairings. Barry Nurse. 
the two Swedes, Legison and Larson, and then Ethan Bear with Chris Russell. And I would assume it'd be Mike Smith. I would go with Mike Smith, but we'll have to wait till tomorrow. But let me know what you think of the lines. Uh, are you surprised Ennis is out? Would you prefer Turris or Nealon? Uh, do you want McDavid and Dreisaitl on split lines, or do you want to see them uh, like they are, the, like they were at practice with Jesse Pugliarvi? So let me know once again on Twitter at HernanTheMan and at Locked On Oilers. And then Reed Wilkins also tweeted out as he says, uh, just spoke to NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. He says NHL has already worked out Oilers schedule adjustments of which he says there are multiple says will potentially be announced over the weekend. So stay tuned for that as the Edmonton Oilers need to make up three games here. Going to get really, really busy. But yeah, the Oilers off this whole week. They're back at it tomorrow. I read you the lines there. Um, this team is fresh. They should be ready to go tomorrow. Always fun to um, always fun to watch uh, the Edmonton Oilers play, especially this year. They've been so good and so dynamic. And uh, man, what a long week it has been. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get to my guest. And I'm pleased to welcome in Alex Thomas from the Oilers Rig. You can connect with Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Thomas 14. Alex, of course, you're based out of uh, Boston, probably the only Oilers fan in Boston, which is pretty cool. Um uh, let's kick it off. The orders have been off all week. Uh, how do you see these? Uh, how do you see tomorrow's game? I guess going, uh, and a lot's been talked about rest versus rust. But it's not like the guys were on vacation or doing anything. They've been practicing hard, and and uh, if anything, with this busy schedule, the orders have played in March. Uh, this was uh, you know a welcome rest for them as well. But how do you see uh, them responding tomorrow in Toronto after pretty much a week off from game action? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it may be a slow start to the game overall. I mean, Toronto played last night, but, but uh, you know, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact. It's only one week, right? So there's six, I guess, off days, if you want to call them that. But you mentioned that they were practicing as well. And um, it wasn't like they never got, I mean, what, the Monday night game was postponed 15 minutes before warm-up. So um, they've had a, a game day in there mentally to prepare for. So I don't think it's going to be a huge uh, factor one way or the other. If anything, I think it helps them because you got Kyler Yamamoto getting healthy. And I'm sure there are plenty of other guys at this point in the season dealing with, with bumps and bruises that got about what, six days off to, to recover from that. So I wouldn't be too worried. Um, I think, again, you may see the first five, 10 minutes be a little slow tomorrow night in Toronto, considering that, you know, the Leafs played Thursday night and the Oilers haven't played since last Saturday, but uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a real rust issue for this team. Yeah, and uh, Jack Michaels tweeted out, the line says his eyes and ears from Toronto's practice had the big dogs together with uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl with Pugliarvi. Your second line was R&H with Yamo and Cahoon, Archibald, Haas, and Cassian. Your third, and Shore, Kyra, and Chase on on your fourth, leaving Neil Turris and Ennis out. Uh, do you like this lineup? Do you like that they're, they're loading up that top line against Toronto, or would you like to see them go back to where McDavid and Drysaddle kind of center their own lines? I think it's it's got pros and cons, right? Like I would rather see those two on separate lines to start a game, uh, just because I think Toronto is so deep. Like I think you can get away with that loaded top line when you're playing a Calgary, you're playing a, a Vancouver, you're playing in Ottawa teams that don't necessarily have that kind of depth that can match up. But Toronto does. I mean, they have four good lines that they can put out there, three good deep pairings. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they have three goalies that can play at the NHL level. So. My personal preference to be to, to split those two up and and get at least two lines that you know um, can produce offense and can can push the pace at five on five. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little surprised that Ennis isn't in the lineup. I thought he had been playing really well yeah. in the lead up to that game against Winnipeg uh, last Saturday night. 
I mean, Tippett obviously values penalty killing. That's why Devin Shore is in there. I get that. Toronto's power play has just torched them this season. And, and I think that's an area of concern, which is why I think you'll see Shore tomorrow night. Um, but overall, I personally would have McDavid and Drysaddle in separate lines. And I would have Ennis in that lineup tomorrow night. I, I really would. I mean, maybe they do make that change. But uh, I think the bottom six doesn't have enough skill uh, right now to a team like a go up against a team like Toronto, excuse me, without somebody like Chase on being in a line, I mean, uh, and it's being a lineup rather. And that, that's what I want to get to. Um, when, when you do load up, I mean, we all love watching McDavid and Dreisaitl play. It's absolutely fantastic. And then you have Jesse Pugliarvi there, who's a, a fan favorite here as well. Like, it's great to watch them play, but do you think the fall off uh, even onto that second line is too big? Because, it, listen, I know... Dave Tippett said he liked the RNH Cahoon and Archibald line the, um, the last time they played, but did you feel like there's too big of a drop off there, uh, Alex? I mean, production wise, look, there's there's going to be a drop off no matter who's on that second line, yeah. right? But uh, yeah, I think the drop off is too big. I, look, I love Nugent Hopkins. I've liked him since the second throw of his drafted him. Um, <laughs> I'm at the age where for me, it's like the Hall Nugent Hopkins cluster was the first real sense of. Of hope, right? Because yeah. I'm at the age where the only real playoff run I truly remember prior to 17 was, was 2006. So when you had that group come in, you know, there was expectation for that group, but that group was also special to a certain generation of fans. Mm-hmm. But the way Nugent Hopkins has played this season, especially at five on five, uh, has not matched up with the player that I expect him to be and hasn't matched up with the contract demands that we've heard. Uh, so for me right now, I question whether or not Nugent Hopkins can produce the way that they need a second line center to produce at five on five right now. You don't know what you're going to get from Kyler Yamamoto in the first game back from injury. And while I do like Dominic Cahoon in, in some of the things that he brings, he too has been shy offensively this year. So I just think there's too many unknowns on that second line right now yeah. uh, between Cahoon's, you know, down year offensively and, and Nugent Hopkins's downturn at five on five. Uh, again, I think it works when you play teams like Ottawa and Vancouver and Calgary, where you can exploit matchups lower down the lineup. But uh, the lack of production from that second line and the drop off, I just think it's too much against a team like Toronto that is, you know, truly four lines deep. Yeah, I know. Uh, it'll be interesting. At least the good thing, Alex, is, I mean, he can go away from it. It's not like he has to right. stick with this if, if things are not going well. Defensively, I mean, Barry Nurse have been excellent together. Uh, the two Swedes, Larson and Legas, and listen, I. I didn't see this coming where Larson would turn his game around and play the way he's playing now. He's been real solid. I didn't expect Lagasin to be a regular uh, before the season. And then you got Bear with Russell. Is that the ideal six for you, uh, Alex, or would you change things up? Like what's Alex Thomas's uh, defenseman, <laughs> ideally? Uh, so, I mean, look, I didn't love the Darnell Nurse Tyson Barry pairing when it was first put together, but I think I'm leaving them together right now. Yeah. Um, I just, I think they've been too good together. I know it's not everybody's style, but I do enjoy Lageson's defensive ability. I, I like that shutdown game, and Larson has just been – to me, he's playing his best hockey in the NHL. So I would leave that top four as it is right now. Yeah. Um, personally, I would go with Jones over Russell with Ethan Bear, and the only reason I would do that is I prefer the mobility that Caleb Jones brings. Uh, I just think it's a better fit for the modern game, especially in a series against a team like Toronto, uh, a team like Winnipeg that has a fast group of forwards that can push the puck. You want that mobility. Um, you want a player that can outlet transition from defense to offense. I think Jones is better at that uh, than Russell. I don't have any issues with Chris Russell outside of the contract. Like, you know, the effort level every night, what he's willing to do, I'll, I'll always respect that. I mean, it reminds me a lot of 
you know, rewind 10, 15 years ago, what Steve Sales brought to the table for the Oilers. It reminds me a lot of that. So I have a lot of time for Chris Russell as a seventh defenseman, and he's going to be paid like that next year. And yeah, I think you'll see a lot of the criticism taken away. But right now, I would swap those two. And look, even if you're not a big Caleb Jones fan, and I know not everybody is, you know, at this time of year, you know, that's a guy that, you know, if he plays well and your game plan is to move him, you can move up that value. And, and if you think Chris Russell's a better fit, then maybe you play Caleb Jones here for a few games and, and see what you have and see if maybe somebody gives you something you want. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. The NHL is well underway, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore and get in on the action. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Joined by Alex Thomas from the Oilers Drake here on the Locked On Oilers podcast. Yeah, Caleb Jones such an interesting player I, I picked him at the start of the season to be the breakout player and he he struggled more than than uh than he probably would like this season and um i just i agree with you i think he's a great skater he transports the puck well uh but there's just something that that that's off right now this season we'll see if he can turn uh that around uh alex i haven't talked to you since probably before even way before the season started what have you made of young evan bouchard in the games you've watched him play I've liked him. Um, he's been fun to watch. I, I think, you know, his puck moving ability, his offensive instincts, his hockey IQ have come as advertised. Um, his mobility from the blue line, I think is better than what we were led to believe. Uh, you know, and I think defensively, there was a lot his draft year made about, uh, and even going into last season, there was a lot made about his his issues defending and his issues in his own zone. But I think he's been fine there. And it lines up with with some of the things I've heard from non-Bakersfield uh, Pacific Division teams in the AHL where they thought he took a big step uh, last season in the second half of the year and that mm. he was ready to be an NHLer. And I think, you know, in limited minutes, what we've seen so far uh, would indicate that. And I, I think... You know, right now, obviously, you got to ride the hot hand as good as Tyson Berry has been. And, and I don't think you take him out of the lineup. I don't think you trade him. I think you let him run with Nurse right now, as I said. Um, but I think in a, in a different year, Evan Bouchard's in the lineup every night, and he's the guy who's on the top power play unit. So to me, he looks like he's ready to make that step. He looks like he can play every night on the third pairing right now, and he looks pretty close to being a top four guy, which is a great problem to have for the Oilers. Looking ahead, trade deadline uh, comes April 12th. Yesterday, there was some big news where players coming from American teams to Canadian teams only have to quarantine for seven days. There will be uh, more testing as well. That's probably going to change uh, a, a few things here, Alex. Now, let's let's deal with reality here because here in Edmonton, man, I tell you, the Taylor Hall stuff is just getting ridiculous. The orders can add, but it's got to be money in, money out. They don't have any money right now. Uh, how active do you see the Oilers being? And uh, is there a realistic name that you would target if you're Ken Holland? I think from a realistic standpoint, and we saw a little bit of this yesterday, I just, I think there is an appetite to do something bigger. I just don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off. Yeah. Um. You know, and look, I know when you say the name Taylor Hall, it gets a million different reactions from Oilers <laughs> fans. But I mean, a fact of the matter is, he has an interest in coming back. And fact of the matter is the Oilers looked into him a season ago when New Jersey was, was looking to, to deal him. Now it didn't work out at the time. And I don't know if it's going to work out here at the deadline because of money, but I do think in an ideal world, they'd like to add a second line left winger. Now, whether that's hall, 
whether that's Ricard Raquel, who I think they've been sniffing around as well. I know they sniffed around and Jake DeBrusque here in Boston uh, back in the offseason. I think the price is a little high on DeBrusque right now, but he does fit. Um, I know everybody's got an opinion on, but he does fit. I think that might be more of a free agency thing. Now, for the deadline itself, um, obviously, like I just said, I think the Oilers would like a second-line left winger, but I think a, a bottom-six center who can win face-offs and can, who can help out in the penalty kill is more likely. And I mean, look, Ken Holland has a history here of going to guys that he trusts. He hasn't gone away. Like, you know, veteran goalies was his thing in Detroit. Uh, he stuck by Mike Smith in his first two seasons here in Edmonton last year at the deadline. Uh, he stuck by veterans with Detroit without the see and with Mike Green. I think Luke Lindenning is that guy. I don't think he's going to cost a lot. His cap hit is under $2 million per season. Um, he wins a ton of face-offs. He's a right shot center. He helps in the penalty kill. To me, that is probably the Oilers' number one realistic target at the deadline, and it's something that I can see happening uh, for them would be Luke Lindenning for, you know, let's say Joachim Nygaard in a mid to late round pick. Yeah, that's the name being tossed around today on a lot of our our, our radio shows and, and some other Euler podcasts as well. And that's more realistic, I think, than right. uh, Raquel or anything like that. Because keep in mind, they, they want to sign Nuge. They want to sign Lars. They want to sign Barry. So right. you can't sign everyone here. Um, You are from Boston. I got to ask you about, I, I saw some tweets from Boston media saying like, you know, they're in fourth in the, in their division. Uh, I think Boston's still okay. They got a ton of games in, uh, in hand here on a lot of the teams and uh, Tuka Rask made his return last night. Uh, can you just kind of fill us in on the Boston Bruins so far this season kind of started really well. And lately it's been kind of win one, lose one, win two, lose two. Yeah, I think the Bruins are are pretty much a lock for the postseason because they've only played once against Buffalo. Like yeah, they yeah. have, they're three points up with three games in hand on the Rangers right now, and they still have six more against the, or <laughs> seven more against the Sabers. So it's it's. I mean, realistically, they probably win at least five of those, maybe all seven. Uh, the way Buffalo is <laughs> going right now, so again, yeah, like you got to look at it where you know they may have ten to fourteen points in the bank. And when they've already got games in hand, they fared well head-to-head against both Philadelphia and New York. I don't think making the playoffs is really a question right now here. Um, But I will say this. The Bruins are no longer, to me, a Stanley Cup contender. Um, They're they're not. They don't have the depth behind that top line with Bergeron centering Pasternak and Marchant. Um, They went out and they signed Craig Smith, who I think they thought was going to provide them more offensive pop. That signing has been a dud. Um, they gave up a first-round pick as, as part of the deal to bring Andre Kasha to Boston last year. He couldn't get on the ice after the trade, um, never really found rhythm in Toronto in the bubble, and has not gotten on the ice here this season. And, and so that looks like it's a dud. Um, David Krejci has, I think, just one goal this season. Jake DeBrusque has really struggled. Um, Sean Corrali, who they looked at as a bottom six center with penalty killing and scoring ability, has taken steps back. They clearly missed Tori Krug and Zidane Ochara on the blue line. They don't have anybody ready yet. I think they thought Matt Grizzlick was going to be a little bit better than he's been. Mm-hmm. Um, still a solid power play uh, quarterback, if you will. But I think, you know, he as a third pairing option has become pretty cemented. Um, so I think the Bruins have some real holes beyond their top line uh, and, and their top two D, Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo. And, Unfortunately for them, they haven't had Carlo much of the last month because of the, the Tom Wilson hit. So, you know, Tuka Rask, you mentioned, comes back last night, leaves after the first period. He's hurt again. I don't know what's going on there. Um, and look, I like Yaroslav Halak as a backup. 
he's not the guy that you can put who can put a team on his shoulders and make a run. So they've got some interesting things here, right? Because the core of that team is older. Um, there's some frustration in the market right now. <laughs> I mean, look, they haven't had a they haven't had a championship here in two years. I mean, oh some, my <laughs> god! Like, it's the end of the world. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> you know, since that Super Bowl in '18, all of a sudden, you know, now yeah, you've no. got the Bruins and Celtics are on the bubble. The Patriots yeah. missed the playoffs. The Red Sox are, you know, they're a mess. But um, so there is a little bit of pressure, believe it or not, here to win. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Don Sweeney does because I don't think this team right now is built to win a Stanley Cup and their core group is older. Uh, So we'll see what they do. That's too funny. That's too funny, Alex. Uh, One last one here for you. The Oilers uh, finish off this month, which would have been a very, very busy month if the three games with Montreal were played, but they get Toronto tomorrow and Toronto on Monday. How do you, how many points do the Oilers get to finish off the month of March in these two games? Well, I I will say this. um, You may have a third. I wouldn't be shocked if they played in Montreal Tuesday night. Just going to throw that out there, but that's a very um, good point. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's one of the things that gets, you know, tossed around, but I've learned the hard way. You can't, assume anything's going to happen yeah. here in this season. So let's say they just play the two games. I think they'll split them with Toronto. I, I think there's going to be a real urgency on Edmonton's part to ensure they get at least one victory here. Um, let's be honest. They were embarrassed last time they played the Maple Leafs. They always scored 13 to one, huh. lost all three games. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a beatdown. They, they got destroyed. Um, you know, if they rebounded nicely from it, I think that's the sign of a, a good mature team. So uh, I expect them to win at least one here. And I think they'll be competitive in both games because, you know, I know how good Toronto looked against Edmonton the last time they played. Toronto hasn't looked good against anybody since then. Yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked if I would, if I had the bet, I'd say two points. I think they'll go one and one here in this stretch. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if they found a way, especially with the rest to go one Oh and one. Yeah, no, definitely two, three points. I think you'd take it right now. And you make a great point. Uh, since the sweep of the Oilers where they dominated them, uh, Toronto has been more missed than hit. So uh, both teams will be fresh. I mean, Toronto's only played one game since Saturday. Edmonton hasn't played any. So uh, should be a fun one down in the T dot. Alex, great stuff as always. Uh, always enjoy uh, talking hockey with you. Look, to ha- look forward to having you on here in the near future. Enjoy the game tomorrow and uh, stay safe. Thanks for having me. You too. Enjoy the game. And uh, hopefully everybody's staying safe up there in Alberta right now. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and my personal favorite carrot cake. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Big shout out to Alex Thomas from the Oilers rig for joining me today on the podcast uh always a fun conversation um uh, probably the only oiler fan in boston <laughs> but that's pretty cool pretty pretty cool stuff here uh let's get to some uh oilers audio from today as uh, leon dryside and dave tippett along with chris russell met with the media but we'll only hear from leon and dave tippett here as um they get set to take on the toronto maple Leafs on saturday uh let's start with leon dryside as he was asked how does this break help his team I mean, it's it's nice to have a couple of days off for sure. Um, you know, get some practices in and, and rest up a little bit. Um, but obviously, you know, it's not like those games are just going to disappear. We're going to have to um, play them play them at a at a later later point in the season. But um, yeah, sometimes sometimes it's just nice to have a couple of days off and, and reset. And I think it came uh, at a good time for us. 
couple more here from Leon Dreisaitl. Is, uh, this team has turned the corner, and they're playing a lot better defensively. They didn't start that way. They were still giving up a, a ton of goals, but they're definitely improved in that. And he was asked, has this team turned the corner and learned to become a good defensive team? Yeah, it's great. Um, it, it's gotten us to this point, um, you know, being up there in the standings and, and you know, giving us a chance to make the playoffs. And, um, you know, obviously I'm very happy that we're learning it. Um, we've always had a young, younger core group, and, and those are just things that you have to go through sometimes to to learn it. And but I think we've done a great job of, of accepting it, and, and um, you know, realizing that that's what we need to do. And um, yeah, obviously we're, we're looking to get better, looking to continue every year, uh, every game. So. Uh, we'll just we'll just keep working on it. They have improved, and it's been Leon and, and McDavid leading the way there. They've they've improved their defensive game as well. Uh, let's shift over to the head coach Dave Tippett. I mean, we all remember that three game sweep uh, from the Leafs. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Only uh, the Oilers only scored one goal in that one. But the first four games, the Oilers were pretty good. They were all close games. They split it two two. And he was asked, "What was the difference between the first four games and the last three? I think you know what during the season, you, there's some ups and downs. We didn't play very well the last three games against them gave up early goals against them and uh, you know the other games were real tight games so we just have to get back to playing the way we can and uh, you know we got to we got to monitor see how we come out of this break here we've been on sitting on the road for a week so we got to make sure we get our competitive juices coming back and get engaged in the game right away we saw the lines from Jack Michaels I gave them to you in the first segment um, and uh, Dave Tippett was asked if he was considering playing uh, 97 and 29 together for these upcoming games yeah we got a couple of injury things that we're looking at there so we'll we'll figure that out tomorrow but there's there's different looks that we can you know we've showed we can have different looks with uh, with them together or apart so we'll see where it goes tomorrow morning hmm, sure dave we're on to you man we're on to you and uh this was a really good question by uh, post media's jim matheson uh just talking about jesse on the first power play unit he always gets probably the last 30 to 20 seconds well 40 maybe to be fair and uh he was just asked if if that's going to be continue or will he see more stuff Starts with the first unit power play. Oh, he's got more involved the last few games. You've seen that. Like we had, we had Chase on and Neil kind of taking separate stuff, and Jesse stepped into that role with Neiler not in the lineup. So Jesse's getting some minutes. You know, yesterday we practiced a little bit. Jesse got some minutes on that top unit. So. That'll continue to go that way. Hey, make sure to get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Those are some clips from Leon Dreisaitl and Dave Tippett from earlier today. Let's get to Hernan's hot tip. I mean, it's pretty simple. You've been off since last Saturday. So that jump early, you better have it. You better be all over Toronto. I want to see like 10 shots in the first five minutes. I want to see hits. I want to see goals, all that. This is a well-rested team now. Their big guys are well-rested and they should be eager to go in this one. So for me, a hot tip, just <laughs> take that rest uh, that you got and, and use it to your advantage and jump all over Toronto. They're going to be pretty fresh as well. They've only played one game, but Edmonton, just uh, be ready to go from puck drop. Uh, and I 
think they will be. I'm taking the Oilers just because of the rest, and I think they're going to be uh, raring to go here. I'm taking them 4-3. I think it's going to be one of those games back and forth, and the Oilers will find a way to win it. As for my goal prediction tomorrow, I'm going to go with Mr. Yamamoto. I picked him last time, and we found out at the uh, we found out in the warm-ups that he was out. Oh, I am going to take Kaylor Yamamoto. It sounds like he's going to be back in on that second line with RNH and Dominic Cahoon. So I'm taking Kyler Yamamoto to score tomorrow. It is finally game day. Game on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. And uh, let's get to the schedule today. It's a light one. Only four games. Washington's home to the Devils. Uh, the Ducks are on the road to take on the St. Louis Blues. The struggling Flames uh, take on the Winnipeg Jets. A big, big uh, stretch here for the Calgary Flames. They get Winnipeg three times. Edmonton once and Toronto twice. So it's make it or break it time for Daryl Sutter's boys. And uh, the late game at 8 o'clock, Sharks are on the road to take on the Arizona Coyotes. Not a lot of news regarding um, the NHL. Well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, some breaking news right now, but uh, Panthers plays veteran defenseman Anton Strallman on waivers. And uh, Christian Wolanin did clear yes, uh, today for the Ottawa Senators. So some names there. Frank Saravalli dropping this while I'm recording this podcast. Too bad I couldn't get um, Alex's thoughts on this, but he says he's hearing Sabres are working on an Eric Stahl trade. Sounds like the half Habs are the leading contender to get him. Not done yet. They tuned. Pierre Lebrun just tweeted here. The Habs are working a few moves right now. Probably need to clear up some cap space. And then good old Mike Harrington, who covers the Buffalo Sabres, says players have apparently said their goodbyes to Eric Saul in the dressing room. No official word yet on a move. So, um, yeah, it's uh, Eric Saul. Looks like he's heading to Montreal. I mean, he was rumored uh, a few weeks ago that Edmonton was interested. Uh, I want to see the turn here. It's too bad that we can't keep this podcast going until the trade's made, but yeah, some big news there. Eric Stahl looks like he's heading to the North Division and Montreal, but you never know. Things might switch and um, he might end up somewhere else. So uh, yeah, that's the big news of the day. Breaking just now as I record this. So uh, <laughs> we got some trades and how convenient uh, the day after that it's mentioned that it's only, players only need a seven-day quarantine now. That's not a, that's not a coincidence. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, we'll wait and see on this. I'll keep tabs on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk about this trade um, early next week uh, once it's all said and done. All right, guys, this has been the Lockdown Orders podcast. Hope you enjoyed the last episode of the week. Orders back in action tomorrow against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Looks like McDavid uh, will stay with Dreisaitl and Jesse Pugliarvi. Your second line will be RNH, Cahoon, and Yamamoto. Cassian with Haas and Archibald. And your fourth line will be Chason, Shore, and JJ Cairo. We don't know goaltenders or the deep pairings, but expect him to be the same. And I expect Mike Smith to get the start. And the Oilers uh, back in action also on Monday, 5 o'clock from Toronto. And Alex brought up a good point. Don't be surprised if they have to play a, a game in Montreal on Tuesday or even Wednesday. So uh, keep tabs on that. Alright guys, big shout out to Alex Thomas for joining me here on the Locked On Oilers podcast. You heard from Dave Tippett and Leon Dreisaitl as we're finally going to get a game in for the Edmonton Oilers. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Oilers podcast. Hit me up on Twitter at HernanTheMan and at LockedOnOiders. Don't forget to download and subscribe on your favorite apps for all the latest episodes. For my producer, Juanito, I am HernanTheMan talking Los Petroleros. Go Oilers, go! Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. We'll chat Monday.